I want to, uh, well, first off, I'm going to be, did you start a party already on PlayStation or? I did not know. Are we switching now? Uh, and if you want. Well, leave the Skype call open because I want to show you a little something, little. Oh my God. Rob, you can, you can hang up, you know, Rob. No, no, this is, this is actually personal. This is a little something, well. I don't know. Someone that I I have met or I know. Just wanna leave it at that. I wonder you how can, I can end. You can leave at any time, Rob. You start a party, I'll join you. Hmm. I'll wait to see what Dizzy has and then I'll Oh go. you This is the Internet's Worst Gaming Podcast, and I am your host, Loki Jarson. And holy shit, after a year's absence, Joe Stizzy is back. Hi, Stizzy. Hi, Loki. Um, oh my god, after even longer's absence, Rob is back. Hi, Rob. Hi. Nice to be back. <laughs> it's been literal years since you've recorded with us. Uh, Stizzy and I did a show at the end of 2019 talking about the best games of the generation. Uh, of course, then a bunch of good games came out in 2020, and we probably should add them onto there real quick. So, Sissy, just real quick, add them on. Uh, all the games that came out in 2020? Okay. Uh, no, all the, the ones generation. that are worth are worthy of being best oh, of the generation. Oh, well, I get it, like, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the top two, I would say, that came out last year, would be uh, Ghost of Tsushima, for sure. And I don't know if this we counts, all agree. but Final Fantasy VII Remake, because, well, yeah. yeah. For... You put Resident Evil 2 Remake in the last thing, so yes, it counts. It's true, it's true. It's just this generation. It's not, yes. it's not, I don't know, I don't know if it would be the same in my all-time list, but it's a different game. It's part of a older game, so yeah, those are. Those are two I would definitely put in some of the best game of this generation. It went out with a bang, the PS4. 2020 was a, a horrible year for many, many reasons. But uh, a lot of really great games came out, and it was a transitional year between the PlayStation 4, Xbox One era, into the PlayStation 5, which none of us have, Xbox Series S and Series X era. So a lot of the games we could say, I don't want to make this a best of the year show, really, but a lot of the games we could say that came out in 2020 were probably going to be better played on those next-gen systems anyways? Uh, for, yes. I mean, for sure, yeah, if they, <laughs> provide, the, if they provide the next-gen update. Of course. Like, I really liked Assassin's Creed Valhalla and uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales for, to varying degrees, but I'm sure when I eventually upgraded systems, there'll be better games. So I'd like to count them as those games, even though they can't, I played them on the older systems. I don't know. Transitional years are weird years. I think if a game, uh, we sorry, I was gonna say, I, 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 in my mind, I count it as if a game, if a game comes out after those consoles released, then I think you can, 
you can put them in that category even if they're were built for the old systems or cross-platform if you will D dual dual releases yeah uh before we get too negative for the thing i'm sure rob wants to talk about we can all agree that ghost of tsushima was a great game and we all had fun playing it yes yes okay this is this is one of those rare games that there's like five in history where we've all, all three of us have 100%ed it. It does not happen very often. Well, not only that, it's uh, even rarer that we all three find a game that we all really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. You know, to varying degrees, but overall, yeah, it seems like we all <laughs> really, really enjoyed that game because it was fantastic. In the, in the previous episode that I recorded with my brother, uh, which will be out before this one, so that's how that sentence will make sense. I talked about, I don't want to judge games as one better than the other anymore. Like, I really liked Ghost of Tsushima. I liked Final Fantasy VII Remake more, but I'm not willing to say that one is definitively better than the other. This deserves Game of the Year, and that doesn't. If you guys want to, that's up to you, but I don't want to be... Uh, this is objectively better than this because I had more fun. It's just more fun. We could, uh... Hey, I understand you. It's very hard to rank games like that. Um, but if... I, I, I did have the idea of maybe we could, in the future, if we ever do... You know, if we keep going this podcast thing, we might separate <laughs> them into categories. Uh, for instance, mm. best action, best RPG best open world what have you I, i'd be okay I'd, I'd be kind of okay with that yeah but my, my the, it's kind of a rant i don't know if you're familiar with these it's kind of a rant i did of where you know video games have become movies where we have several different award shows and all these awards need to go to different categories of things to objectively say one game is better than the other and i don't want to do that anymore no we wouldn't i i'm not talking about doing 14 or 15 categories, maybe five or six at the most. Um, and if you want to avoid having a overall game of the year, because I'm sure that would be different for all of us. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, like we said earlier, we have enough time to find a game we all enjoy, much less a game we all enjoy that took place in the same calendar year. Yes. Be not, And that's mostly because you guys, not you guys, Rob doesn't play games uh, released in the calendar year. Rob, yes. you played three games that were released in 2020. Am I right? Exactly three. Oh, I... that sounds about right, but I don't remember exactly. I will tell you exactly what they are. They were Last of Us Part Two. They were Final Fantasy VII Remake. And they were Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Fall Guys does not count as a game. Okay. Call of Duty Warzone does also not count as a game. Don't doubt I wouldn't have counted that. People who made it. Uh, the one guy. The one guy who annoyed me on Twitter. Was it one guy? Was it a one-man studio? Yeah. Who made Fall Guys? I think so. Really? I think so. I didn't know that. Okay. Super hot mind control delete. There you go. Boom. Four. DLC. That's not DLC. It's a whole game. <sighs> it's expand alone. Oh, that's another thing. Is... Uh, I don't, if we're doing a game of the year or best of awards or not, I don't know if DLC should, but I don't, I, what I'm saying is DLC I don't think, does not count, no. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I don't think we'll make a category of it, but there, there are 
times where DLC is just so great. Actually, it... I think in previous years we have done it so that you can't win. It can't win game of the year, but it can be a uh, like what? one of the lower rankings. You, you you are right, Rob. What what was the DLC you had in mind? Because you have something specific in mind. Are you talking to me or Stizzy? Stizzy, you had the specific DLC in mind, which is why you brought that up. Oh no, uh, I mean I'm just saying. In the for instance, in the past, like the Witcher Three's DLC was phenomenal, and it was better than some. Yeah, I had I had that on my list. Yeah. Yeah, it's like better yeah. than some base games I've played, and what have you. I'm just saying, if there's ever a DLC like that, that's just you know ex- expansion or a very large piece that is just so great, and we just have to mention it. I forgot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, totally. Rob was right. I forgot we we uh, decided that it can be on your list, but not your your number one. So. Similar to um, previ- how we've done previous years' game releases, like you can't have a 2018 game when you're as your 2020 game of the year, but you could have it on your list. Because if we allowed that, you'd probably pick Division Two as your favorite game of 2020. Probably. <laughs> uh, in the very long time since we recorded, we played through the entirety of Division Two. Um, well, I have yesterday's. No, we, we, you, I, and him all did every story mission. Um, technically, I don't think. Well, I think if unless you're counting the, um, I think if you count the strongholds, which is part of the story, we have not done it all, all of it. Is it though? Yes, there is. I mean, is there really much story in the game? To be honest, no. But <laughs> no. But yeah. Technically, last, that is the end game. The last thing I remember is getting right up to the point when the strongholds became available. But, yeah, and you meant you had already mentally checked out by that point yeah. way before. Well, it didn't help that I my game crashed right before we were finishing the very oh, last yeah. mission, and that was a constant issue for me playing that game. So it did not help with my experience, but luckily I was able to turn in, get the experience, and whatnot. It wasn't like Destiny Two, where you just weren't having fun; you were technically fucked by it. Was the yes. game crashing or were you losing internet connection? It was mostly internet. It was both. Yeah, thought. it was both, but I think it was mostly just my internet just just crapping out. But um, it was like De- it, Division and for Destiny are similar games to me where there's flashes of fun that I have every once in a while, but just... It's just a drudge, the rest of it for me. It's just getting from the the <laughs> one, just trying to get to that one little spark of fun the next time. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of more games I can play. It's just too many hours. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a, oh, what the fuck game was I playing? Oh, the Yakuza series, I mentioned this. There, I was saying this use is that in 5, I found a certain segment of the game, a chore to play through. Like, I just, it sucked and there's no fun. But I thought the narrative outweighed the chore to get through. And this is something we've talked about off there a lot. It's like, what is the break point between where a game is no longer fun, but you're invested, so you've got to see it through? Yeah, it, it, it definitely depends on the person. I think it's, and the game you're playing. But uh, I think that's that's kind of a trait. Yeah, not just some gamers have, but a lot of people have. I know I have, where I just... There's some things... If I'm invested enough, then I will see it through to the end. 
and you know whether what form that investment takes whether it's my enjoyment of the story or the characters gameplay or just the time i've put into the game mm-hmm. and i just i don't want that to feel wasted but uh <laughs> yeah I, I i definitely know what you mean uh 2020 was yeah uh an outlier for me because it was a year where i did not play a yakuza game but but i did play judgment even though they came out this is a spin-off the year before 2019 but uh <laughs> and that might be my favorite of the uh ria gakotoku i can never real go gotoku real go gotoku yes, i always mess up their name uh judgment judgment was my default 2019 game of the year i may have gone back and fixed that but uh I really, Judgment is a really solid game. The problem with all of their games, and I don't even know that's a problem, it depends on your enjoyment, is you get in a lot of random street fights because that's what the game is. It is random street fight until you get to the next narrative moment, and sometimes you help a person, and usually you're helping them by getting into random street fights. Yeah, one uh, one negative I've heard of uh, Yak- the latest Yakuza, Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, I believe they dropped the 7, at least in the Western. They did. Is... It's a traditional Japanese RPG, turn-based RPG. And like all the other Yakuza games, you're still getting in a shit ton of fights. And But it's made even more excruciating on, the, on Like a Dragon because it is turn-based. You can't just run away. You gotta like yeah. auto-battle. You gotta fight through it. <laughs> you just gotta sit there and fight. <laughs> and I thought, oh man, it's everything else sounds about the game sounds fantastic. I have not gotten because I, I mean, I got a, I'm on three. I just started three, so I want to make my way up. You're a little behind, yeah. But I don't think it has anything to do with the other ones. But no, yeah, it's it. That's another one. I'm. I hope I get to. Maybe not this year, but soon, soon, because I've heard good things. Twenty 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 two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm. I'm like Rob. I've played a lot of old games this year, and I've enjoyed mm-hmm. them. And not just, and I've played some old games on my PS3. I've dusted off the old PS3 and and DS, 3DS, pop some classics in. So it's I. There's never a bad time to play games you're interested in. It's just because there's just so many of them. We've talked about this before. Yeah. So many of them. You 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 do not need to. Tell, you are preaching to the preacher at this point. I am well aware of how many games there are and how many I play. Yeah. Uh, me- meanwhile, uh, Rob, uh, even though it's been a long time since you've been on the show, you have still not stopped playing Battlefield. No. I'm addicted and it's fine. Why? Why not? Why have you not stopped? Is it the uh, same Because one? Battlefield is a unique multiplayer experience that I can't get in any other game. Okay. And it's good, and I get pissed off at it because I'm competitive. I'll, but... I'll agree with your. I'll agree with your first sentiment. That is a unique experience you you can't get anywhere else. Certainly. At least on console, I should say. I'm sure some PC players will say there's way better games out there, but I haven't found them on yeah, console. Uh, I, I'm not really up up to speed with most just uh, PC exclusive FPSs, but I I know those the the more popular FPSs still have a big 
user base on the PC. Because I'm sure Battlefield, especially, is a, uh, you know, pretty amazing game to play or look at on the PC. Is it, are you, is it, which one are you playing? You playing Battlefield 5? Mostly or... nowadays I play Battlefield 5. Sometimes I'll go back and dabble in Battlefield 1 because that was like my I'm favorite dabble. shooter of this, of the last generation of consoles, which I'm still on. So my current generation of consoles. Um, Fair. But yeah, mostly Battlefield 5, which was Actually, the most generation. recent installment. Yes. Yeah, that, that who song. Yeah, I think one was the last time I played, and I believe you played as well, Loki. I did. I also played a little bit of five, but uh, I got real mad and never wanted to play again. So I have not yet. But that was—I didn't get mad at multiplayer shenanigans. I got mad at single-player shenanigans, because I—I I, over these last couple of months here, I've mentioned to you guys that I—I I would like to get back into a multiplayer-style game, but I know I'm bad at all of them, so I'm not terribly concerned about winning. So when I was like. So when I say I want to get into a multiplayer game, what I'm saying is I want to get into a multiplayer game without you, and I don't want you to take offense at that. Are you? I'm guessing you're pointing at Rob right now. I'm pointing at both of you. Yeah. Because Rob likes to win, and I understand that. That's fine if he wants to win. Cool. I know that I'm not going to win all the time, and I've accepted that. He gets mad, but Stizzy, when you lose, you know this, you don't get angry, you get sad. You get depressed. It is like a drunk, right? Some people, when they get drunk, they're super fun to be around, like, ah, they're happy and fun. And some people, like me, when they get drunk, are the saddest sacks you ever done seen. Uh, I'm very much a happy drunk, sometimes. I know, no, 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 no. But in a multiplayer video game, when you lose, you get sad drunk. It gets quiet. <laughs> I yeah i i do i do get i do get quiet, and it's not just because I'm sad. Sometimes I am mad also. Um, yeah, I know, but you're internalizing that anger. You're not outwardly expressing it. Like unlike Rob. me, we're you know polar I mean? opposites when it comes to this. Yes, expression-wise, in terms of anger, yeah, sure. I I am. It's definitely something I picked up from my father. Um, I'm not calling it as a negative. I'm just saying this is what no, I've no, no, observed. No, no, no. I know, I know what you talk. I know what you mean. It's it's definitely something I got from my dad, and we don't we don't share a, a lot of the same personality traits because he's he's a much quieter person than I am. Um, but I'm he's he's also like that. When he's mad, he'll get quiet. You know, because he he won't say a word, and. <laughs> It's it's for me. It's not just that I'm mad. It's got to be a certain stage. It's got. It's just got to be. It's past a certain point. Like if I'm just if I'm just yeah. pissed off, then yeah, I'll yell and rant and rave. But if I'm like like super really mad, then yeah, I just won't say anything because I know if I do, I'm gonna regret it. But that that break point we talked about earlier, you you've passed it. Yes. Yeah. No. It, if I internalize everything then yes but um and that's it's not really a reason why i avert playing pvp online games or whatnot um i just i just got to find the right game uh for a while it was for, yeah i'm also i'm i'm still looking for the right yeah game. for me it was it was overwatch for a while but uh after almost 400 hours of playing that 
mostly by myself, just with randoms. Yeah. Because um, y'all never really picked up on it, but yeah, it's uh, got a little. It's it's getting a little old. Every I dive in once in a while, but um, it's hard to find that game sometimes. We have recently played a multiplayer game together. Uh, that's a weird sentence that doesn't make any sense. Recently, help me out here, one of you two. You've recently played a multiplayer game. So rather than playing player versus player, we've been playing, trying to find a good co-op game for all of us to play versus AI enemies. Uh, one of the ones we've done lately is World War Z, which I think came out in, what, 2019? Yes, PvE, if it you is, will. Y- yes, it is loosely based on the movie that was loosely based on the book written by uh, <laughs> Mel Brooks's kid. Uh, it is Left 4 Dead, but in third person. Who would like to elaborate? It's a solid game. Um, it's not elaboration. Well, <laughs> it's ba- yeah. I mean, you've, it's a pretty accurate description. It's pretty much like Left 4 Dead in third person, but um, <laughs> I'd say it's more interesting because it's got a lot bigger hordes, um, and that's probably the major selling point of the game. Is just like the number of enemies you see. On they the make game. it. They- they make it purposefully so that you feel overwhelmed. And that is certainly the case every time we've played. It, yeah. And I think, yeah, they do a good job of that. And it's just fun because, I don't know, there's... Well, I should say, there are some annoying things about the game, like the fact that it feels like it's a very grindy game. So you, you're having to progress, level up weapons and your own abilities for your class. And it seems like you get very little XP per round. And if you lose, then you get almost... A very small amount of XP, so it makes it feel like you basically got done nothing if you lose a round or die in the middle of a mission. Mm. Um, but I still enjoy it. I mean, it's not a game you want to play like all the time, but uh, it's very stressful. Yeah, it's definitely a game to be played with friends and to be played repeatedly. And I like it more than Left for Dead because. As far as I can remember, Left 4 Dead didn't really have much of a story or objectives other than get from point A to point B. Uh, But in World War Z, they at least try that. It's not just going around shooting zombies. Sometimes you're rescuing someone or protecting someone or... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a ton of dialogue. It's It's mostly incidental, but there's a lot of talking. Yeah, or you're defending a point or what have you and... There, there aren't really any designated safe points, uh, but there are, are safe rooms, like in the Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. games. But there are uh, certain places where the action, action is lulled, and it's not much going on. But they always, even when there's not hordes of zombies, there always seems like there's stragglers around. So it, you, you can't, you got, you got to stay on your toes for most of the level. Um, but it's better than I thought it'd be. I'm having more fun than I expected to. I just don't like the loss of progress. Uh, my biggest gripe when we near the end of one of the missions and literally like near the end, we were almost done. And then we all died for various reasons. And it's like, well, there's no checkpointing. So you have to do that whole 20 minute thing, 30 minute thing all over again. And I was not having that. No, that's uh, that is definitely aggravating for sure. I'm, yeah, agreeing with you on that. Get good. Fuck that, you. Uh, th- Let's not. 
that is a, that's something to take in mind. But we have we have gotten good. We've gotten better. We yes, we've well we've we have played it a little bit more than Loki has, but yeah. And another dimension of it that makes it more interesting than Left 4 Dead is that particularly in survival mode, but also in the main uh story missions is they have um traps and stuff you can set up in certain locations. So I don't think Left 4 Dead ever really did that. So you can have like no. electric fences and uh turrets, automatic turrets or turrets that you can shoot and mortars and stuff like that that you can set up that makes it so you're able to kill these hordes. Uh, more effectively, um, and that's an interesting thing. I also like the fact that uh, since it's based on the movie slash books, it takes place. There's like locations all over the world that it takes place in, so it's a nice variety of locations. It's not all just one setting. Oh, and characters too. Every map has its own set of four various peoples. Yeah, that that is a very nice touch. Yeah, I don't think Left 4 Dead really had uh, a traditional horde mode where you uh, are defending no. I think they did they added way. one in later they did add a survival mode I believe oh yeah was that a was that something Valve added or was that one of those mods that no they Valve... added it because I remember playing it yeah. but I think it was like one of those it was like you know when horde mode first sort of became really popular they added it in but it was different because traditional horde mode took forever in like in uh, Gears of War and then Nazi zombies and Call of Duty took forever, but this Left 4 Dead mode, I think you could die. It was like, it started getting impossible around 10 minutes in. Yeah, I want to say there was a like a, a fan-made mod that let you make your own levels with you know, different types of enemies and different you could set the number of enemies or whatever and you could kind of make your own Left 4 Dead level that gained a lot of traction so much that I think Valve even endorsed it, but I can't think of that. That would be a Valve staple: is to take someone something a fan made and buy it for their own self and sell it for their own self. That's that's what Valve does. Also, censoring games. That's also a thing Valve does. Uh, I don't know if they. I don't remember if they they bought the property. I can't remember. This was like a couple. You know, right. This is the same thing that happened to Portal. The the Portal and Team Fortress Two, I think. Because it's completely different, and some other damn thing. Oh, Counter Strike Go! All of these were fans, uh, fan ideas, and Valve's like mine. Yeah, Black Mesa, I believe, was also fan made. Yeah. Um. But hey, now we've got Half Life Alex, and you can play it entirely in VR, and everybody likes it except you know, all the people who don't have VR. Uh, yeah, it's. I would like to play that someday. That came out in 2020, I believe. Yes, it did. Anything we played, but because I don't think any of us have VR. None of us have fucking access to uh, VR. It's super, still crazy expensive. And the Oculus Rift is basically off the uh, off the radar because you need a Facebook account every time you log into it. So that's not going to happen. Really? <laughs> I never heard that. Yes, Facebook Facebook bought Oculus, and then a year into their acquirement of it, they said, "Okay, from now on, every time you want to use your Oculus, you have to log into Facebook." That's crazy. That's that's stupid. Well, they they need to sell your information to companies somehow. Come on, guys, got to yeah, eat. Yeah, just have Mark Zuckerberg got to eat too. I, I guess have my name, my address, occupation, and photos of me and my family aren't enough. No. Internet privacy is a, a real problem that we do not have the capacity to go into today, or knowledge. Let's be real. 
Yeah, that's for certain. Barely have knowledge of the things we do talk about. <laughs> Rob, do you want to talk about uh, Tulutu at all? Speaking of zombies, yes. All right. There's... I'm going to shut up. You talk as long as you want, and you let me know when you're done. Okay. So yeah, that thought... was a game that came out. You, you may. You may interject if you'd like. Okay. Uh, I don't know what you have those. to say, but... I haven't played it, so, but I just wanted to see if I could talk, if Loki's not. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that input. Um, so, yeah, I would include this uh, if I had a say in the games of the generation, which I did not because I did not participate in that episode. Uh, this would be in there. I will say that uh, Last of Us Part 1 is my favorite game of all time, and this game did, did not exceed the expectations of the first game but it was still solid um it was a very long game which i did not particularly enjoy the length it was like about 30 30 hours long um and i think the first game was around 12 maybe 12 hours 12 15 hours uh so i did not particularly enjoy the length and i think that sort of made the game drag on a little bit and decreased my enjoyment of it but in terms of gameplay, it's a huge improvement on the first game. Um, there's a lot more stealth elements and uh, more varieties of ways to uh, fight people and more different weapon types and different customizations you can add to your weapons that were not available in the first game. Um, there was this guy, there's like the thing on Twitter, uh, this guy who like would do, he'd create GIFs basically, or small short clips of like these amazing like uh, highlights of like kills he would do in Last of Us 2 and it was like I never ever tried to be that creative in the game but it's a, you can be very creative with the combat if you want to but I end up just like uh, sort of crawling around and trying to headshot people with guns and knock them out silently it's never as interesting as what this guy does but I wish I played more creatively uh, in terms of story uh, it's a very controversial game but I I don't know if I want to go into all the details. Let's just say that I thought it was fine. I did not hate it. I didn't love it as much as the first game, but I think it's a solid follow-up. I hope they don't do any more. I just I want them to be done with the franchise because I don't think they need to make any more story. I, I think the story with Joel and Ellie has been taken to its conclusion, and I don't want them. I don't want anything else to happen to them. Can I interject real quick, Rob? Sure. Do we really... No, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to bash the game or your opinion, but do does a game of generation, do we re do really describe them as solid and fine? I mean, shouldn't we be kind of setting the bar a little bit higher for our best... I mean, it's your, it, I mean, it's your list. I mean, I'm, it's... I, Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. I would say it is because when I'm com I'm comparing it to the first game, which I put above every other game ever. So for me, even though if it doesn't reach the heights of the first game, I'd still think the story is better than most of the games I played. The voice acting and the or the voice, or I should say, the acting, the capture, motion capture, and acting and voice and everything, the writing, just it's always miles above. I feel almost all our developers, there's obviously some exceptions in with that. Um, but in terms yeah, of the, the gameplay, I think it's... Sorry, I was just saying, Loki typed uh, what I was thinking. Uh, from a technical standpoint, yes, Naughty Dog is 
up there with the elites. Uh, it's them, Rockstar. Uh, there's probably some others I'm not thinking of, but yes. Uh, technically, they are extremely sound. And uh, and I will say that also for the story, obviously there are there's parts of it that I didn't like, and it did drag on a bit. But there's also some really, really, really impactful, poignant moments throughout the game that I still think about sometimes. So I, I'm I'm being a bit I'm not giving the game its due diligence, due uh, whatever you want to say, just rewards for some of the stuff that because I'm not going into super. It's hard to go into details because you guys haven't actually played it, so you can't really have much of a discussion about it. But um, I, the game, I think, was really, really good. And the story was good for the most part. There was some things that brought it down. Unlike the first game, I just felt like it was perfect in terms of story. There wasn't anything to really complain about for me. But this game did have some complaints, but that doesn't, doesn't mean it wasn't um, what I would consider to be a highlight of the generation. No, that's 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 definitely fair. Um, I've seen, like you said, I haven't played the game. I've seen the bullet points, which is not. It's it's not the best way to uh, consume a story like that. You know, there's a lot more uh, things to go into storytelling, but uh, I just I, I haven't played it. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, it's not my favorite game of all time, but. Um, the second one at least you talk about the gameplay and even though I haven't played it I have watched clips and it does seem extremely visceral and it's one of the few games where watching a character's death not like a main character but just like some random enemy or something made me uncomfortable it was, it, it was very uh, whether it was the sounds or their reaction or what have you it felt i thought to myself sometimes man that was a little too real and <laughs> um that's always something i've always wondered because i've been playing games for most of my life and i was years ago i would think is there ever going to be a point where i'd be uncomfortable with games and it has happened before last of us too but last yeah there was some where i was just like man there's some creative and pretty gruesome ways you can kill people. So they uh, they definitely went all out on the graphics and the mocap and sound design and the soundtrack. I've listened to the soundtrack too a little bit, not the whole thing, but uh, it's I can't remember the um, composer's name off the top of my head. Gustavo Santoalaya. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, did he do the first the first game's soundtrack? Yes, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, he knocked out the part with the main theme, and he uh, I think he did a great job again with this one. But uh, it's uh, definitely a game I'll need to check out in the future. I hope so. Nice, it would be nice to have somebody else to talk to about it. But I don't want to force anybody. It's hard. It is hard. It's a game. I've only played it once, um, which is odd for me because um, Last of Us Part Two or Last of Us Part One I played about. Uh, four or five times, I think. I, I mean, after I finished it the first time, I think I immediately restarted again. And with this game, I couldn't. I didn't want to do that. One because of the length. I like I said, it was a bit of a slog to get through. But, um, or it felt like that. But it's also just because it's a very emotionally taxing game, particularly with what happens within the game. Um, 
story-wise, and also just the time that like the times that we're living in. It's I, I don't really I didn't really want to play a game where I'm like just constantly emotionally uh, overworked. I guess you could say emotionally exhausted. Maybe would be another word for it. Um, so if when I do play it again, it, it, I, I don't know if my, if my opinion will change at all when I play it again. I'm sure it will a little bit, but that's also why I haven't uh, tried it a second time yet. So it might be better in a time period where everything isn't as dark. Yeah, uh, the, the games like The Last of Us are definitely in a different category where <clears throat> most of the time when we play video games, we're looking to unwind and relax. And um, Loki, you want to... You want to come back now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you... I don't you know. speak. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so... I'll, here's the only thing I'm going to say about this, and then we'll take a short break, then I'm going to edit this part out. I have to practice what I preach, right? I have to believe what I say and adhere to it. I believe the opinion of the individual outweighs the opinion of the mass. So ultimately, Rob, it doesn't matter what my opinion of a thing I haven't played is. What matters to you is your opinion. And if you enjoy it, then you enjoy it, and that's that's what matters, man. That's the point of all of this. So, there you go. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah. In addition to Destiny 2, which we've basically finished, right? We, we all are... I mean, Rob, you're still playing a little bit. As much as you we... can theoretically finish the game. Well, no. Well, I guess not because we haven't done the raid, but we're never going to do that, so... When that's not going to happen. I, I'm never doing a raid. We've completed all story ever. content that we have purchased. Within Which means game. we're done. There's nothing... Alexander Webb, there's nothing Yay. left to do. <laughs> Raise the victory you liked it for the, You liked it. It's just... Lore and the requirements for to do silly things were awful. And repeating environments and terrible weapon drops. Other than that, yeah, I mean... What's not to love? If you were forced to play only one game for the rest of your life, to be Division 2 or Destiny 2, pick one. Uh, well, I think I tried killing myself a few times. <laughs> but if that didn't work, then I guess Destiny. You did kill yourself. You're in hell. You're forced to either play Destiny 2 or Division 2. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, we also, very briefly, and we're going to have to go back at some point, played the Elder Scrolls Online again. Yeah. Uh, there this was... is my payback for <laughs> Destiny 2 and Division 2. Fucker. There was a period where we all played hey, the free hey, version hey. of the game. That's not fair. I played enough of Destiny to know I don't like it. You don't That's think, true. I don't you've think not, you've not played true. enough Elder Scrolls. That's true. So you I'll give it a shot. That's all we asked. Uh, <laughs> I previously talked about it a little bit with my brother on the other, an older episode, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's another MMO, and in, instead of with guns and shooting them, you got uh, magic and axes because you know the fucking Elder Scrolls. It's, it's Skyrim again, except you guys bought a version that has DLC that I don't have for money reasons, so it's difficult to get us all in the same area because it's not. Uh, well, intuitive in any way? Yeah, I'm still confused about how that happened. Because when that sale, we bought it on a sale, and I had already owned the game. I own it. It is on a disc. 
I have it on the Blu-ray disc. Right, right. And it did, at some point years ago, I also bought the Morrowind expansion. Okay, all right. That's I didn't I didn't know that. I forgot it. But okay. when I okay. asked you which uh-huh. one we should buy, you said the, uh-huh. get get the twenty dollar one. Now, I believe, and I you were under the impression that I was also buying that. Yes. Because I, I didn't oh. I didn't know you had the base game in Morrowind. I apologize. I thought I had made it clear that I had the base in Morrowind already. I I did not, apparently. I'm sorry. Okay, alright. Well, this explains a lot of things. But, we yes. did buy the $20 version. And... You, you technically own the base game of Elder Scrolls Online. The DLC for Morrowind. The DLC for Grey something or other. I've already forgotten what it's called. Grey Moor, I believe. Yes. And uh, I think Somerset, but I'm not sure about that. Yes, Somerset, and I think there's a fourth one, but I can't remember. But uh, yes, it came. It's with been all around the big a few DLCs. years, and it's been around a few years, and they've added a lot of stuff elsewhere too. I think you might have elsewhere. Yeah, that's it. Yes, yes, not else. W h e r e. Elsewhere, where yeah, the cat people are from. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's elsewhere, but um, okay, yeah, all right. I'm glad we got that straightened out. We've dipped our toes into it, and I, uh, I, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, it's it's very Skyrim-esque, and it takes place in a world that I I love. It's one of my Elder Scrolls is one of my favorite uh, fictional universes. Worlds. Yes. Yes. So I'm looking forward to getting more into it. You can do it at any time, Stiz, because you don't need us to do things. Because we can't figure out how to fucking share quests anyways. Yes, that's definitely something we need to figure out. But, in my quest to play games that are really, really old, <laughs> but I just never played them before, I've been playing a lot of Kingdoms of Amalur, and it's a very... It's similar type. It's it's high fantasy, so I've just... I, I've been getting... This is... I've been I've been scratching my my fantasy itch with with Amalur at the moment. So I'm sorry, to this is the re reckoning as they call it, which is the re the HD upgrade for this current generation of a game that was originally on the 360 and PS3 in what 2012 I think we looked at it, early 2012 it came out. Yes, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that game was cursed from the beginning, and not entirely because Kurt Schilling was heavily involved. But because he borrowed a lot of money from the state of Rhode Island, and they said, well, it's not making the money that you said it would, so we're just going to buy the property. And for years and years, literally, the state of Rhode Island owned the rights to the Kingdom of Amalur uh, franchise, such as it was. So a few years ago, THQ Nordic bought the rights, and they said, well, we're just going to HD port the thing and maybe make new ones because they own it now and they can do whatever they want. Because when THQ folded a few years ago, they split off into like three different companies, and one of them is Nordic. And all Nordic has done for the last five years is buy up old properties. Yeah, uh, they uh, and... there's a recent one. They I don't know if they bought up or released a game too. I um, God, I started the other day. I'm sorry, I just, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, they, right. yeah, they've uh, they've been very active. Th Nord, THQ Nordic has. Yeah, that, that was a wild ride. That development cycle well not even development it was after the game came out and yeah. uh yeah i i don't know if this i don't know if the re-reckoning it's a remaster so i i 
I can't remember what what rules we we made for remasters. Whether they can they maybe the same as DLC, where they can be in your your list. Of yeah, games re- of that year, for, to me, to me, a remaster is different than a remake. Like Final Fantasy VII remake, Resident Evil Two and Three remake are completely new games from scratch. A remaster is we up-res the graphics because from what I the little bit that I have played because I played the fuck out of it in last gen. Amalur on this gen is the same game, just a little bit prettier. There's like they haven't changed anything. Uh, as far as I can tell, yeah, I've I've watched videos of it on the previous gen, and yes, it looks like mm-hmm. it's same game, same graphics, whatnot. Uh, well, not you know, uh, they've just been uprezzed, higher higher res, yeah, uh, and maybe you know the the sound might have been tweaked and made clear, whatnot, but um, but. But you are enjoying it, more importantly. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm, uh, I'm about, heck, like 70 hours in, something like that. So I've played a big chunk of it. And I still got, a, from what I can tell on the parts of the map I've been to, I still got a, quite a ways to go. So I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think you, uh, when we were talking off the air about it, I think you summarized it pretty well in that it's 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 generic. It's And that's not a bad, I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, if somebody who was not familiar with the RPG genre asked me for a good starting point, I, that might be one of my recommendations. Um, yeah. if they, as opposed to like a final fantasy, Rob, I think seven remakes a good because they're, they're both action RPGs. Um, okay. in fact, you know, if you want to transition into seven remake, Although before we do that, do you mind if I ask y'all something? What? Uh, yeah, you just did. Um, ask you something else, I guess. What? Well, none of us have PS5, so we haven't been able to no. play any of the games on there. And one of the games that came out was Demon Souls. Now, it seems like everywhere you look, people are classifying the Demon Souls on PS5 as a remake. But I don't think it is. I think it's just... It's a little more than a it, remaster. But it I think... is in a weird middle area. In that it is a from-the-ground remake. But it is exactly the same game in terms of placement. Uh, here's something you're more familiar with, Susie. You played the original Resident Evil 2 way back when, right? Yes. So you know basically the layout of that building of the, the RPD headquarters and their lab and all that shit. Mm-hmm. In the remake, even though they are taking from an existing thing, enough stuff has been moved around that it's totally original. You know, there's stuff in the remake that was not in the original. As far as Demon Souls is concerned, nothing has changed except they've built it on a new engine. Yeah, it's 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 just a lot prettier. But yes. as far as I know, because I didn't, I didn't play it in last gen, uh, the original I release... Did. Uh, as far as I, I've heard, the combat's the exact same, so... Yes. It's just remaster at that point, correct? Essentially. Yeah. It's, it's, it, again, it's, it's the first game we've had in a middle area where they started coding from the ground from no, it's ground up, but from the ground up they made the game again, but they made the same game again. Yeah, usually when you're uh, moving a game from one engine to another, you're twiddling with a lot of things besides graphics usually uh messing with the core of the game but 
they just this gets this game demon souls just just pretty much just took it and moved it to an engine and just made it look better and it looks amazing i haven't played it but i've seen screenshots and videos and it looks amazing but i don't know that that was kind of that always that, that kind of bugged me people were just kind of treating it like a totally remade brand new game when it's essentially not it's not really no they just remade it on a new engine uh, like the upcoming Ghost and Ghouls remaster or remake is technically the same game again, but on a new engine. Yeah, and I think uh, that alien that alien game, what is it? Destroy all humans. I think that's essentially. Yes. Uh, I, I think combat and gameplay on there is essentially the same. It's just a better, mm-hmm. look, better looking game. Um, Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> that's another one. Uh, yes. The Crash games are. Well, they play the same way, but the controls are a little smoother and more responsive. The word they like to use, the word uh, companies like to use is modernized. Yes, yeah, it's uh, modernized for the new age and the new gamer. Like the upcoming remaster of the Mass Effect trilogy, which includes Mass Effect Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, because that's how trilogies work. Um... We're looking forward to this, right? The remake that we're just going to shell out money for of games we've played already. Bet your ass I'm looking forward to it, Rob. <laughs> you bet Miranda's ass you're looking forward to it. Well, I wouldn't bet Miranda's ass because you're not going to see it anymore. <laughs> um... Well, you can see it anytime you want. It's not like you could. You can't. It's not like you can't take her on a party and just. Yeah, but I want to see it in in 4K okay, and 60 fps. There was a rumor and some actual confirmation that Bioware is desexualizing. This is not the right word. Desexualizing a couple of scenes in this game to make them less cheesecakey, let's say. And there's various controversies about that. I know, I I know, because it's not the word. Uh, To make it less, you know, offensive to what modern journalistic standards are, and I use that word on purpose. Now, Um, I was going to say. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now. I'm not in any way a fan of censorship of any kind, especially of speech. And for remastering a game, it should all you really need to do is clean it up and make sure it runs, and you really shouldn't fuck with stuff. But, Miranda's butt, let's be real that we don't play the game for the tiny snippets of sex scenes or brief side butt shots of nudity. That is not why all three of us love the Mass Effect series. So for them to cut that out, yes, you're losing a little bit, but in the grand scheme of the whole Shepard trilogy, it doesn't really matter all that much. I concur with that analysis. I don't really care. Yeah, it's like uh, I like I like Miranda the character, and I would probably romance her again in this new thing. And if I don't get to see her butt as often, who gives a fuck? That's not why I'm playing the game. I like Liara anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> And you're a tallymancer, Sissy. You can't uh, lie to me and say you care about this. Yeah, I mean, she's... I mean, if we're comparing butts, then... Tally, <laughs> Tally takes takes home the blue ribbon, in my opinion. But, um... It, it's not like her buttocks are... They're, it's not like they're changing them, making it flatter or whatnot. It's still going to be the from, same. From what I've seen, they're literally ass. raising the cam... They're seeing, literally raising the camera angle. That's it. Yeah. I uh, The offending camera angle 
during the specific conversation that it occurs, because I went back and I watched, uh, you know, I watched the the scene, and she's talking yes, about yes. she's talking about her sister, her family, and it's very heavy stuff that she's talking about. So the the butt shot is and during the conversation is kind of out of place. So this is this is one of those things of where. <laughs> Normally, I'm 100% against this kind of thing, but in this instance, because it's Mass Effect, I'm willing to give it a lot of leeway. Because you're a like, fanboy. Right, yes, I am. I, I, I try my hardest to stay consistent, but all three of us agree that these three games are some of the best stuff ever. And to get to experience it in the up-res generation, and you know, eventually, I assure, we're all going to get the next-gen systems and play them again on those next-gen systems as well, well, if we have to lose a couple of butts, oh well, that's the price we're willing to pay. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't put <laughs> it any better myself. Good. Uh, we had a small technical problem there that hopefully I will edit out. So, Sissy, you had something? Yes. Yes. Um, leaving Miranda's butt behind. Um, as sad as that is. Uh, uh, I am looking forward to this remaster. I think we determined it's a remaster. It's uh, yes. Uh, graphics are being enhanced or touched up, if you will, and I think some gameplay changes are being made, uh, mostly to the first game, Mass Effect One. Yeah, I, I did see a video of this. It is basically the three's interface, the HUD, on one and two. Yeah, uh, they they seem to have gone gone with a universal UI and HUD, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Although I, I did kind of have a soft spot for the Mass Effect One original HUD. It kind of kind of reminded me of Halo, um, the early yeah. days uh, with the kind of the HUD or the font or what have you on Halo, but. Yeah, I think it looks. I think it's it's a good look. It's uh, very simple, and I I believe they've made some changes to the squad AI and the commands you can give them, or or at least they're. I believe the <coughs> squad mates are more. Uh, I guess useful. I guess smarter, yeah, smarter, useful. <laughs> uh, they will get into cover. Uh, better. I don't know how to phrase that. <laughs> like, no, they're yeah, they're just better. I, I, there's no real way to explain. Yeah, they're more the more, res- more responsive. They'll actually go or go wherever you point them, and they change the camera when you're aiming. It's not as quite as zoomed in. I never loved it, but I never hated it. Uh, I've I've learned online these last few days there are some people that really hated that mass effect one aim down sights camera and it wasn't it wasn't (laughs) great because it is super zoomed in but it's does look better now it's not shepherd's head isn't quite taking up quite as much room in the camera in the field of view so yeah well the whole fov is wider anyway so so some very nice quality of life changes that i'm 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 happy to see I, I would have been okay. 
I would have been okay just playing one again with straight up better graphics. Oh, and I think the I think the 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 Mako or the Mako, however you want to say it, has seen some improvements as well. With Did the... anybody say Mako? Uh, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII, and that's literally it. Uh, I believe it's I believe it's pronounced Mako, the vehicle in Mass Effect. Yeah, cause the shark. I think uh, I've heard that the controls are supposed to be tighter. The fit. This is. Do you remember, Stiz, how you used to say this that you never thought that Navi from Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time was a problem until the internet told you it was a problem? Oh yeah. Uh, I never realized the Mako driving was a problem until the internet told me it was a problem. This is not something I ever had an issue with. No, and I never really did either. Um, cause I think the way it controls in the base game, the vanilla game is, I think the way that Bioware envisioned a land vehicle to, to control on a planet or a moon with lower atmosphere. I think they wanted to emulate that. And, but since you're going to, you're going to all these different systems and planets all with their own different gravity you can't there's no way to make it make it feel different on every single planet so you just kind of have to go with the one that feels the most spacey if that makes sense i think <laughs> that's just me that's just that, that's just how i think just trying to predict you know what they're not predict but trying to explain what they their thought process when they originally were designing the mako i think but yep. in this this remaster trilogy, they've supposedly tightened the controls, changed the physics of it. I guess so it's less floaty, if you will. But um, yeah, tighter, tighter, more responsive. Yeah, yes. I, I, like, like you, I never really had a problem with the original. But I'm, I'm looking forward to see how different, how how it is different. So, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing Mass Effect again. I, I. Yes, wanted to of go, course. I wanted to get back into the series for a while, and this is the the perfect excuse. The, the original trilogy ended in 2012. The new consoles came in 2013. And they've never until literally the last fucking moment said, all right, fine, we'll remaster one of our most popular things. Yeah, it, one of, it was one of those things, you had to figure they were going to do it. it. It's just... Like you've said before, it's like printing money. There's no yeah, reason. Why wait so yeah, long? Well, you know, why wouldn't you ever do it? Um, I think they. There's been a lot of chaos surrounding Bioware in the last few years. They've had some. <laughs> a lot of negative reception to a lot of the things they've released. I think is the kindest, nicest way we can say that without getting into specifics. Yeah, they've had some. IPs that didn't uh, perform as well as they thought they would, and they, they you know, they've had a lot of people leaving uh, their various studios, and just a lot of things up in the air. So I think it's you know that that that's kind of that contributed to this delay for this trilogy. And down and, and down the road, the eventual uh, tentatively titled Dragon Age Four even though there was only one game ever that was num numbered. So they're still going to make things in the future. Maybe the even ones are going to be numbered. 
It's be odd. Dragon Ages won't won't be. Um, but yeah, this is definitely you know a lot of things have been felt like they've been going wrong with Bioware. Um, some of them, some of it is their fault. But yeah. uh, I'm I think I think this is a pretty much a safe bet. This feels like I don't know if this is fair to say, but this almost feels like. Uh, I don't want to say this. Almost feels like the like a like a like a sure like the like a sure thing for them. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, want to jinx them? Well, no. Okay, I'll wrap it up better. Cause don't worry about this. So, at the next year's NPD call, they're gonna make a fuck ton of money from re-releasing the Mass Effect thing, especially from all three of us. So they've got all they got at least 180 bucks from us. Probably more from you if you buy it on multiple consoles. I will buy it on multiple consoles because is, uh, is it going to be sixty? I can't help myself. Um, I don't actually know. Probably. I mean, I would assume. I, I if, if it's three games, I can't imagine they would do it for less than sixty. Yeah. And all the DLC. Well, besides what does it bring down the sky is missing. Also, we keep we keep calling it uh, remaster remake. They're specifically calling it Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yeah, I don't know uh, why, but they uh, are. It's just a more epic-sounding name, I think. It sounds yeah. better than Mass Effect Remastered. $60 May 14th. 60 bucks, Okay. Plus, Mass Effect Remastered makes you think, okay, is it just the first game that's remastered? The first one, yeah, yeah. And 2 and 3 are not? Whereas yeah. the term, the name Legendary Edition, you know, it's the whole trilogy. It's been it's touched up the all. The whole legend. Of ship-shaped shepherd. Ever since he was just a lowly commander, and then he ends up being a higher commander. Yeah, he didn't get promoted in all that time. The whole trilogy, he's just. Or she. I'm not gonna judge how you play your deal. Or she. Or, or now, to... yeah. oh. excuse me. I, I I am gonna judge you real quick because this is the opportunity, fellas. It's been years since you've played it. This is the one time you can make someone different. You can make a different class. You can romance someone different. You can make different choices. Will you actually do this? That sounds like a no. I think oh, romancing is hard. Everything's hard. <laughs> yes, it sure goddamn I like is. This, I You're really, right. I really like the soldier, but I might switch it up and do maybe like an infiltrator uh, run through the trilogy. I never played... I actually only played Vanguard in the first game. And then I played Vanguard first my first playthrough of Mass Effect 2 and then I switched to Soldier and I love Soldier so much I played that for the rest of 2 and then 3 so Infiltrator I think might be an, an interesting class to play in terms of choices I can't be a dick it's just oh my god you're such a I especially can't do it in 3 knowing the choices you make in 3 <laughs> and I don't but I don't want to half ass it like if I'm going to be a Renegade I'm going to go full Renegade but I can't do that oh come on that's fine uh, I think I can't do it. Uh, I I think um, the only class I have not played through all three Mass Effect games is the Engineer. Uh, although technically in three you just kind of mix and match, do whatever you want. Um, the 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 Paragon Renegade system is so great, and I think it's to this day I think it's the best Karma system around because it's not just 
it's it's not just think it's not good evil. Yeah, well, no, it's not even that. I I like the Paragon and Renegade actions. It's not just lines of dialogue in a conversation, you know, saying something nice or just being a dick. It's hey, I'm a I'm a Paragon, but this fucking reporter is really annoying. I'm gonna punch the shit out of her. And I do that every single time, as I think That's most, awful. As I think I've most Mass Effect players never do. once plus Kalisa been sent Al Jelani. I never ever what? did it in all my playthroughs. I've never punched out Kalisa been sent Al Jelani. Oh well, here's your chance. I don't hate here's her for doing game. her job. No, no, no. It's her no. job. This is your chance to change your play your playthrough. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sure, better punch her. I'm hey, disappointed people punch her in the face. Your mouth is. You kill Rex, and I'll do it. Oh, that's not happening. So, <laughs> well, I, I kill him. I, shoot him. I, I've already killed him. I've, I think I've already made most of every choice in all these games. I've replayed them so much. You killed Morden. You, piece yeah, of... yeah. I killed Morden. Uh, killed Rex. Um, well, I, I thought we were friends, but I guess not anymore. I re-sterilized the Krogan. Um, oh yeah, I went. Spoilers for wait. Spoilers for fifteen-year-old. So you must have betrayed Tali. Um. Yeah, I think she killed herself in, that, in my Renegade playthrough. Wow, your own love um, interest. You, you, you know that one was that one was kind of weird because I didn't know who to screw over more, the Corians or the Geth. Like, well, that's one of those situations where you're both fucking idiots. You know that we're trying to have a real war, and your proxy bullshit is getting in my way. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was one instance where I was like, man, I love you, Tally, but your people are fucking stupid. For, for <laughs> one of the, supposed, supposedly supposed to be one of the smarter races around. Y'all are dumbasses. <laughs> too smart for their own good. That's all of three, isn't it? You go to the Turian places, like, you Turians are idiots. You Solarians are dumbasses. Yeah, pretty much. You go to every planet and it's like, I'm only ever a human. This is the Krogan uh, homeworld? No wonder they sterilize you fucks. You just go around killing yeah. each other. <laughs> you also go to the Asari homeworld, and they mostly get killed off through not your action. But Oh, they were just hiding a Prothean beacon. Like, oh, they're all high and mighty and enlightened, and they got a, they got a fucking heads up on the rest of the races. Why do we love this dumb series? I love it so much. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to play it again. But to answer your question, Loki, well, sorry, I went on a tangent. Uh, I don't... I honestly think I'll probably make mostly the same decisions as I would in a regular Paragon run. As far as class goes, I have no idea. Uh, but I think I might romance Miranda this time around. Because uh, Yes, humanist. Because I don't think I ever have. Um, on my Renegade playthrough, I believe I romanced Jack. But I don't know if I've ever romanced Miranda. So I may give that a try. But I'm looking forward to it. And Rob is a, I'm sorry, lover entirely won't ever deviate. That's not true. I, my my original playthrough of Mass Effect of the Mass Effect trilogy was Ashley, Miranda, Liara. Actually, no, I think it was actually <laughs> Miranda, Miranda, and then I switched from Miranda, Liara, and three. Hey, just jumped hey, around. Got, my God, got a lot of love to give. Um, what kind of harem bullshit isekai crap is this? All right, well, I I. Oh, the, the hardest part is going to be deciding in two because I want to try Liara, but but um, she's not in the main game. She's only in the DLC, so it's like 
You're going to go through the whole game without a romance. It's very sad. It's very sad. But me, I, I can do it. I can do it. I can be strong. The first game is the problem because Liara is boring. Let's be honest. Liara is very boring in that game. Wow. Oh, just in the she's, first game. Okay. She, yeah. She's a very boring personality. Um, but they very they make her a lot more interesting in the following games. So I might stick with Lee Ashley there, because um, that's the only game that she's Why actually tolerable in. I've got an I got an idea. Here's an idea. Why don't you both be female Shepherd and romance one of the men? Oh, I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna be sorry, but I'm not gonna be femme Shepherd. Live a little. My God, I've done that, and I'm the straightest straight that I've ever been. I straight can't picture. To me, Commander Shepherd is the the guy who plays him. I use the I use the default skin. It, to me, that's what Commander Shepard looks like. Well, now this time you I can't can, ever picture something else. Now this time you can use the default Finship, the the short hair, red hair, red hair version. I've, I love okay. Jennifer Hale, but I don't want to do that. I've seen the uh, I've seen the image of the the new the new default Finship in Mass Effect One, but is there? I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be one for two, right? Because they're all the same. They're, They're all, all the same, same yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't think they added the default finship until three. It, it, that is correct. Is they started correct? marketing. You're they, right. They only ever marketed the male shepherd in the first two games. Right. I just, I because on this legendary edition screenshots, I've only seen image of her from one, not two. So I, I you know, be able to look the same. I'm guessing, but um, yeah, I played, uh, I played as finship before. Yeah, romance Garrus. Yeah. I would romance Garrus, but I went from bromance to romance. As the only guy who has played a gay shepherd, let me tell you, you dudes are missing out. Are there really uh, any... who? Jacob or uh, what's his face? Who's the other guy? Cortez. <laughs> three. Yeah. Yeah, Steve. I mean, he's fine, but no, that's about it. That's all I have to say about Cortez. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Oh, wait, who's Freddie Prince Jr.'s character in three? James Vega. He's Vega. not gay. He's not gay. He probably is though. But let's, he's not. Yeah. No. He's compensating for something. Wow, that's gonna be edited. Would you? Out. Uh, <laughs> um, I didn't even hear what he said. <laughs> no, what you said, buddy. Oh, oh sorry. Um, what would be harder for y'all to ram- romance someone new? Or to not romance anyone. Oh, go a celibate playthrough. Not romance hmm. anyone. Yeah. That if would be hard. You've done that. I have actually, and it was a lot of like ugh, getting back to the Miranda's ass controversy. That's not the point of the game. The romances are not the point of the game, but it's a nice bonus. What's well, the point? Like, well, the, we're gonna die if you tomorrow. Think about it, the point of the game is nap. developing relationships with characters, and that is part of. Yes, it, it is. It helps fill out the world. Uh, one of my favorite parts of three, not so much in two, but uh, three, I just liked seeing all the after a mission, seeing going around the ship and seeing all the crew members in different places and interacting with other members and doing different shit and all that and just talking to them. And uh, if you romance a character, you know has extra dialogue and extra significance and I always re- I really enjoyed that in 3 uh, that was a fun part of it 
Yeah, I, 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 know. I don't know if I... Yeah, but... I was going to say, to answer my own question, I don't know if I could go through a whole playthrough not romancing anybody, but I have thought of it, just... But I would... If I did it, I think I would just be, like, a big fucking tease. Just flirt with everybody. Man, woman, <laughs> alien, dog. Doesn't matter. And then when you get to the... When it gets time to get to business, you're like, nah. It's like, oh, shoot. I'm just playing. We got collectors to, to destroy. I'm just playing. We don't got time for this. Here's a here's the real question regarding the uh, legendary edition. Will they change the ridiculously slow elevators from Mass Effect One? I hope not. They have they've talked about this, or they've tweeted about this. There is an option to skip them. Yes. And if you want to listen to them, you can. Awesome. Oh damn. So I think that's a good compromise for everybody. Yeah. Because I really like those elevator conversations. They're a lot of fun, even though they reused a lot of dialogue with the same squad mates. But it was, it was 2007. It's there were loading screens. I don't know if you kids remember. But that's yeah. I I think that's they did a very good job, uh, giving everybody everybody what they want. Okay, to put a but nice bow on this, we uh. We are looking forward to Ma the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I fucking love Mass Effect Andromeda, and uh, anyone who doesn't can eat a dick. Uh, do we have anything else on the docket here? Uh, well, I, I thought we might go more in depth in our what I play, what I put as my two games of generations. I would put. I I don't want to talk too much about Final Fantasy VII. I mean, I do, but Rob is in the early stages of playing it, so there's only so much we can say without spoiling it. Yeah, no, uh, if, if you're exactly right, I don't want to get too much into it, but, and I'll, I'll just say it's a fantastic game. I think it's a great remake, uh, top to bottom, and I really, really hope I don't have to wait too long for the next part, <laughs> um, but it's gonna take a while to for this. Fifteen's got to come, or excuse me, sixteen's got to come out. Yeah, first. and I'm looking forward to that too because even though I never played Final Fantasy fourteen, apparently the expansions for that have been phenomenal, and the guy who has written most of the expansions is at the helm, head writer, head, you know, head writer for sixteen. So, um, here's how we can talk about Ghost of, a nice segue into Ghost of Tsushima if, if I can um, speaking of all those moral choices you guys both made the wrong moral choice at the end of Ghost of Tsushima um, I don't think so I don't think so yeah you did <laughs> You, that old man wanted to die with honor and instead you let him live in dishonor he was confused you let him be a miserable whelp who couldn't even harakiri he couldn't go do that dishonorable non-samurai you did that to him think about that the man who raised you how dare you My well God. we spent the whole game disobeying his orders and his throwing away his teachings anyway so i think it was par for the course <laughs> at that point yes but it's not your honor you were saving it was his in seriousness, I think there's an argument made for both decisions. Um, and it's one... I probably looked at the 
the screen for five minutes trying to decide what to do. <laughs> because, like you, Loki, I thought, okay, it's obvious he wants to die. He wants to die by my hand. He wants to go out as a samurai with what little honor he, dignity or whatever he has left. But then I thought, okay, we talked about this off air, but the things you do as throughout the game as Jin Sakai, the ghost, from a certain point of view, they can be seen as very dishonorable. If you're, if, if you're like him, you've been raised as a samurai and you living by that samurai code, they, Such yeah, as it they, is, yes. they, they, they have a certain way of life. They engage enemy combatants in a certain manner on the field of battle, face to face. Um, although I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of hypocritical when they also teach archery. So it's like, okay, you want to kill someone face-to-face, -face, you know, do it the old way, but shooting them from 200 yards away, that's okay. Anyway. As long as they're looking at you. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's I, fair, as long as they know so you're what there. So if I shoot the arrow and then he turns around and hits him in the back? Nope, dishonorable. What if you shoot it up in the air so while he forgets that it actually is coming back down and then it hits him? Oh, yeah. Uh, dishonor, you got renegade yeah, points. Yeah. I can't. I guess. I guess it's not a foolproof system, but um, it's a wonder why it doesn't work. <laughs> but as the as Jin Sakai, your main main objective, the thing you want to do the most is save your island from the Mongols, protect its citizens, whatever means are necessary. And yeah, he can do some. He does some pretty questionable stuff, no doubt. Uh, we. I talked earlier about squeamish deaths in video games, and the first yeah. time I used the poison darts in Ghost of Tsushima, and you're just looking at the Mongol choking on their own blood for a good hell, like 10-15 seconds, then they finally collapse and die. I said, holy shit! The first time I did That's that. That's awesome! <laughs> it was awesome, but I was just like, damn, that is gruesome. Um... But at the end of the day, it's just like, I don't think he does, like, he doesn't, Jin, he doesn't put any innocence in danger. He doesn't burn villages to the ground or anything like that to to stall the Mongols. I don't think he does anything super shady. Now, a lot of that is virtue of being a video game, a main character in a video game. And, you know, he goes through his ups and downs, but a lot of things go his way. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't want to kill, I didn't want to kill his uncle. That's, uh, it just you know it's like I thought, okay, what is you dying? How does that help anybody? You know, if you if Doesn't, he lives, there you go. If he lives, he can, he can he can find a new. He can help you in Ghost of Tsushima too. Yes, yeah, he can help you. Probably in the, the next Mongol invasion. Probably. Let's see, carry over your save to the to the mainland of Japan. Yes, and then he can regain his honor, like Zuko, from Avatar. So. Yeah, well, you know, again, I have to respect your opinion, but I, I disagree in the strongest possible terms. 
And not just because of the usual, ha, I'm a dick kind of reasoning. Honestly, I might have killed Shimura if I just didn't like him. Uh, but I did. I really liked his character. Uh, you know, he, I didn't, like Jin, I didn't agree with his uh, approach to the Mongol invasion and how best to resolve it. If, if I can call back earlier, without too much in-depth, Rob, you said that it's, you know, Last of Us 2 is emotionally taxing, because, well, it's very dark and dark themes. Uh, Ghost of Shima goes into a lot of dark themes, but I never felt it get into the depressing territory to where you just feel like a piece of shit playing it. It managed to have a dark adult storytelling without everyone being a sad sack. Well, everyone but Jin. I think that's true, but it's also because you know it's a lot of open world, and when you're not—it's a different kind of game. Of, yes, when you're not in yes. the middle of fighting a bunch of Mongols who are killing villagers and whatnot, you're you're out in the open world exploring this beautiful island. So yeah. it's easy to to let the let the darkness go for a little bit. But it is a little—it is definitely a sad game in certain parts. But um, yeah, the I liked I liked uh, Lord Shimmer's character too, and it it was interesting because you know he's all about honor and whatnot, but then. You can see with like any system like that with honor, even everybody's got their limits. So like even in the moment of the game where um, I can't remember exactly where it happens, but he's like he wants you to give up on uh what's the what's the thief's name? Yuna. Yuna. He wants you to give up Yuna and like say blame her for all of the stuff that you've done. Yeah. So, like that's not an honorable action, but he's suggesting it because he wants to save Jin. So everybody's got their lines. They're willing to cross, even if it's not honorable. Yeah, because you know, normally he wouldn't advocate for something like that because Shimura, Lord Shimura, that is, because um, he loved the island and he loved its people and he felt a great sense of duty and responsibility to protect them. And Yuna is a citizen, but yeah, in that instance, yeah, he wanted to save his nephew because he knew when all was said and done, the Shogun from the mainland was going to come and they're going to say, you know, ask him, hey, who's this ghost fella that's, you know, Staining the good samurai name. We've got we to execute them. So he just, yeah, he just, yeah, he wanted to save his nephew. It's, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't have a good wrap up. It's, uh, to, to, yeah, you know, to kind of expand on what Rob was saying about being able to escape the heavier themes of the game. This game, it's one of the, one of the open worlds, uh, one of the few open worlds the last few years that I've just been able to easily escape into, and it's extremely peaceful. Just walking around the island, and... On your horse, or chasing a fox. Yeah, uh, or, or doing some of the activities around. Uh, making a fucking haiku. I didn't think that'd be one of my favorite parts of the game, but it I is. I love that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love that. Those are cool. Um, it's just something... It, very very zen about this game uh, I will say my one complaint about that with the open world thing is just I felt like there was too many instances where there's like Mongols roaming around the free world there, that yeah. like interrupt yeah. so it's like I wish I had more of those moments where I was just exploring and and like f looking at the environment and going around finding like the haikus and stuff but it felt like almost every time there's like two or three instances in between those points where it's like oh I gotta go deal with these Mongols that are that have these villagers they're executing or something. It's like, oh, I, I, can't you guys just go away and go back to raiding? Go raid Eastern Europe or something, please. 
See, uh, I, I know what you, I know what you're saying, and I that was a very annoyance for me too. But actually, I didn't mind it too terribly much because they the Mongols felt like a black eye on the beauty of Tsushima, and I every time I saw them, it lit a fire inside me that just compelled me to eradicate them from the face of the island. So what happened with me in that same instance was I ignored them and went the other way and said, fuck it, I don't need this right now. Well, after about 80 hours of gameplay, maybe more, I started probably doing that as well. Uh, <laughs> I just yeah. did it a lot earlier so than you I. did. Yeah. Rob was like, no, there's too many Mongols. I was like, you don't have to fight them, fuck them. And that's what I also did with the boars and stuff. Like, once you get enough of the predator hides or whatever, then you're just like, oh, I don't even need to bother with you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, one thing I did stop doing with the Mongol random encounters was I stopped doing a standoff every time because that just just took up way too much time eventually, and I ended up just running into, running into the fray and taking them all out in an instant. Because the standoffs are amazing, and they're awesome, and they're a cool uh, callback to the Kurosawa films that this game takes heavy inspiration from. Yes. Uh, but after your 500th or so, or so you kind of just want to just kind of want to keep keep things rolling. Just get to the next objective. It's a street fight in Yakuza. Yeah, although Yakuza still, I think, has more encounters. <laughs> because I would be le I would be I would I would in Yakuza I would fight a group of enemies and then there were times where I took literally two steps and there would be another <laughs> group right there challenging me. And I'd be like, Really? Really guys? Come on. Give me a break here. Alright, uh that's a nice heavy bow in twenty twenty and some look forwards to later this year. Do we have anything else from this already long reunion show? Um, I know we didn't talk about one of the big stories of 2020, and that's Cyberpunk, but I kind of want to leave that for a later show, because... Yes, because none of us have played it nearly enough to give opinions on it. Yeah, that too. Plus, the whole saga if you want to call it that is still unfolding as we speak yes the 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 controversy of whether or not it was ready when it was shipped I mean, obviously it wasn't ready when it was shipped but whether or not it should have been shipped and when it should have been delayed is it's not something i have time and really want to get into right now honestly yeah i think that's gonna that's probably gonna need its own show entirely um once we yeah we all get into that or play the game and Talk about the background stuff after all that, because well, we can make a separate show about. Uh, all I, that. I, 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 yeah, we said at the beginning of this episode, it's like we're in the transitional period where you know, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla technically came out in 2020, and I played it and loved it, but it, I'm sure it'll be better on the next gen. So I kind of want to count that as a next gen game. I think the same for Cyberpunk. It's like this is probably going to run a fuck of a lot better when I get my Series X. I bet it'll look better for sure. Yeah, yeah, but who knows when the next gen patches will come out? But because, uh, like I said, there's still there's still stuff going on. There's still patching bugs and going through all these technical stuff and real life stuff. So, like I said, could 
want to, I do eventually want to talk that later on the date, but, um, yeah, 2020, like you said, despite, uh, all the troubles and all the, uh, challenges of the year, there were some great games that came out. Yes. Rob? What? I was just saying, I didn't know if Rob wanted to, uh, at his two cents there to wrap things up. I agree. It was a good year. Well, it was a good year for playing old games and some new games. And I'm glad to be back with the Internet's Worst Podcast after yeah, a brief and for hiatus. The future, a brief. And for the future of this here Internet show, radio, Internet radio show podcast, are you guys going to try to come back or, or what? Need some more... More thing again? I, I want to. Because I, I never stopped. <laughs> yeah, you never left. Um, yeah. I, I want to. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I made a New Year's resolution or anything like that to make more podcasts, make star more episodes, whatnot. But I definitely want to. I I guess the only reason I been gone for so long is just. Because of 2020, uh, it's a lot of shit went down, and I, I know if I really wanted to, I could have come back sooner, but I just never did. It's laziness. That's all it is. <laughs> pure laziness. I'm not. I don't blame you at all, Sis. No, but I blame myself. Uh, I shouldn't have. Okay, good. He blames me so mostly. Long. Good. I'm, I'm glad you blame yourself because I do blame Rob because I know he won't blame himself. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't say blame myself. I know it's because I don't... <laughs> is it harsh to say I don't care? <laughs> um, I appreciate your candor. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I will be back, sure. I'm happy to do more podcasts. Well, we'll see if I invite you back, fucker. Fine. It's like, oh, hey, did you and Sizzy record a show? No, what are you talking about? Well, it's here on my feed. No, it isn't. It's just a figment of your imagination. I forgot to say this in the last episode, but you can find me still, still amazingly on Twitter at Loki Jarson. Uh, you can't find these other two; they're gone. They left. Twitter, yeah, I did. I did leave. Well, that's a lie. I, I do have an account, but not with your yeah, name. Yeah, if you try to contact contact me on that account, you won't be getting a response. So if you want to get mad at him, you have to be mad at him, him through me, the proxy. Yeah, you like how I set that up? Yeah, thanks Pretty so smart, much. Yeah. And no one's ever mad at Rob. Except it's me. It's true, because I have perfect opinions on everything. Uh-huh, sure do. Now let's go off air so I can yell some more about Skip to my fucking Lou. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.